Welcome back to Andy's Balcony. I, I go through this routine most, if not all, of the time because there are, I'm, I'm pleased to see Andy, there's a growing audience that maybe we haven't spoken to previously, so the explanation is worth going through. Andy's Balcony, we are at a sensible social distance. Uh, no Qatari um, regulations regarding COVID-19 have in any way been compromised in the making of these programmes. And um, you can look forward to a very special guest joining us shortly. Yes. After I've briefly... Th oh, by the way, that's something that's getting a mention. The colour of these tops. What, yours? That made me smile. I, I, I've had um, I, I've had one or two liken the colour of the top yes. jackets. That I yes, I, I was just going to say, you're, you're kind of throwback to 1992, <laughs> yes. aren't you? Yes. When you when you used to wear the most ridiculous coloured jackets, I can remember. Well, the, let's go through the real story of the coloured jackets, which is there was an evening at Arsenal in which my friend here turned up in a yellow jacket and was the first to wear such a jacket. No, I don't Skype. think I did. We always used to, when he worked with us there, hand him a, a pen with which he could rewrite history. And I'm looking around now, lads. Anybody got it? <laughs> But, but what we at the time decided was we had a stylist. Yes. And it was decided. Quite a bad one, I have we to needed, say. <laughs> we needed something to get people talking. Now it worked because we're still talking about the colour of those jackets all these Yeah, well, in fairness to me, I discarded mine very quickly. You, though, loved them. No, no, no. Yeah, you did. You, you kept were, going for you years. You were allowed to discard them, and I, as ever, was doing what I was told. And me. By the management. I was told discard them. And I remember management. getting to a point whereby we st I stopped wearing them. I was at Manchester City. And I always used to carry two in case I ended up in the colour of one of the teams that were playing on that afternoon. So I've got two jackets with me and this, this steward comes up to me and he says, Hey, Keezy, Keezy, uh, what colour jacket today? And I went, well, I haven't decided yet. He said, we're having a sweep. Well, know, there you go. I can make a few quid. There you go. They were ridiculous. <laughs> it was at that point I thought, need to stop this. OK, briefly from uh, newspapers around uh, Europe. Um, in Spain, it looks as though they are edging towards a conclusion to end this current season. Although Kiki Setien, the current president of Barcelona, says uh, if the season is ended, I don't want to be champion, it would feel wrong. Okay, that'll be an interesting one. Would, would you feel uneasy about the same situation? Were you playing still? <sighs> Do you know what? If I was Barcelona and I was top of the league and the, the rule makers decided in their wisdom that we can't play on because it's unsafe for everybody, um, so the league is going to be call, called off now, and, and the powers that be decide Barcelona are going to be champions. Would I say I don't want to be champions? No, I wouldn't. Why would I? Why would I from top of the league? Because well, it's hollow. You, well, well, you actually haven't won it. You, well, you haven't won it, but you're top of the league and somebody is telling you mm. the season's over. We can't play it on. In Scotland, uh, to conclude the story we started with Monday, yeah. it's, it's over. Yeah. Now, Dundee's vote uh, eventually came in to allow the numbers required to end the season outside of the Premiership which is the correct title in Scotland, the mm -hmm. Premiership. One, one, one little side issue I didn't realise was that uh, Dundee's vote sees Dundee United promoted. Yes, it so does. That Dundee United are going up. Oh. Excellent. Oh, my first club. I'm in delighted. Italy, uh, the latest plan to finish the season, if they can, is that all the matches should be played in the south of Italy, where the outbreak is not quite what it was. Another unsavoury little tale here. Arsenal tabling a bid of 43.5 for Thomas Partey with Atletico Madrid. Why are we talking about these figures? I keep coming back to this. Arsenal, whose players they're asking to take, take paid cut. cuts, mm -hmm. and they're still talking about big numbers and signing players like that. I don't understand at all. Um, Arsene Wenger's got a book out. Looking forward to reading it. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. 
Okay. My life in black and white, Arsene Wenger. Black and white. That's an like red and white. Red and white, I was going to say. <laughs> and black and white. <laughs> a little tale from League Two, not uh, Newport County, of furloughed manager Michael Flynn, along with his players and staff. Uh, Newport is having to respond to significant economic pressures. Well, that, that's that, that, that's understandable to me. I mean, okay, Premier League clubs following pl- players might not be palatable to most. Not every Premier League club can afford not to follow. I have to say, a lot of Premier League clubs will be struggling. But when you go down to the th- second division, first oh, division, these clubs have to take advantage. I know it might sound terrible, they have to take advantage if there's any way they can save the club. Now, at last, a little bit of good sense. Uh, there's a meeting over the next 48 hours or so of Premier League shareholders. That's the 20 clubs mm-hmm. that make up the Premier League. Nine, it seems, have been talking to themselves and have now said, we need to know where we are going forward. June the 30th has to be a cut-off date because beyond that, and I mentioned this to you mm-hmm. consistently recently, yep. players' contracts end. And I repeat what I've said to you a lot. If I am Olivier Giroud, Vertonghen, Willian, and the club asks me to play on beyond that contracted period for, say, four or six weeks, putting on the line my career, no thank you. I, I, my hammy, I, I keep saying this to you. Well, I can. My hammy's well, that's tight. where we differ. I'm not oh, doing it. What, what, oh, sorry. So, Olivier Giroud's in the French squad going into the European Championships if they were playing. And his contract's up the 30th of June. And he goes to place for France in the, last, the first two weeks of July. Is that no, okay? No, of course it is. Why? No problem. His, his career's in jeopardy. He'll be covered with insurance. His career's in jeopardy. He will be covered with insurance no. by the so international team. So he'll be covered team. by insurance by the team he stays with. I am not playing beyond June the 30th. Well, that's why you never played football and no one would sign you. <laughs> Amazon are emerging as contenders for the naming rights at Tottenham Stadium, apparently. Yeah. But also in the running, and here's the interesting bit, we mentioned this on Being Sports a year ago. Uh, Nike. Nike. Surprise, yeah. surprise, yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, Arsenal's management have taken a pay cut. Now it's your turn, they're saying. Pay cut, not deferral. And uh, good luck, Jimmy Greaves, out of hospital. Yes, so that. Absolutely delighted good to news. see that. Uh, and finally, uh, before we join our guest, Bruno Fernandes really has lost the plot. Why? What's he done? Paul Pogba, he says, has the same impact as Messi or Ronaldo. That might be Brian Messi from Hackney Common. Well, uh, and it, it might be the other Ronaldo who's now 47. <laughs> but I'm sorry, come on. He's having a laugh. I'm sorry, he is uh, having a laugh. I don't like criticise modern day players, but I'm sorry. To, to even mention, no, I'm him with in, you. To mention them in the same sentence. Nah. I'm with you. Our guest today, we met Andy when we were on the radio, had uh, been sacked by Watford. And there were two people who came to see us um, that, that left the studio, and we're, we're saying it, by the way. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guest today... He wasn't one of them, was he? Uh, well, he was. Um, <laughs> and manager of Brentford at the time was... Oh, yeah, uh, Uwe Rusla. Yes. Mm. And as Uwe left us, we thought, wow. Yes. Um, I'm delighted to say this fellow's become a... I'd, I'd like to consider a friend. Yeah. Well, we, we think of him as a friend. Maybe he doesn't ask. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the Ginger Marino yes. joins us. Sean Dyche, Burnley manager, of course. How are you doing, big man? Hi, Sean. Good morning, morning, lads. Morning, morning. Stylists and all of that. Hey, stylists. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, Andy did make the point he wasn't a very good one. We actually, his name was Paul Sherman. Yes. And, and we, had a, we had a gaffer called Mark Sharman, who Andy continued to call Paul for two years. <laughs> easy mistake, big man. Uh, Sean, you know what it's like. A lot of people around you, it's an easy mistake. 
exactly uh, now, that. now more before we talk football I, i've read two things recently that you've done to keep yourself busy one is jet washing the other yes. is making curry have you got a recipe for us that you could share no, not, not really the making curry. That's slightly off the mark. Cooking, I've been cooking a lot. When I was a player, I used to cook all the time. So, uh, uh, cooking a lot. Last night, paella, some chorizo, oh. red wine sauce, some prawns, Cajun prawns, some pretty, pretty chicken wings. So, a bit of tapas for the kids and stuff. So, no, uh, nothing wrong with that, Sean. Richard yeah. arrived here this morning, gave me stick. He said, my goodness, what were you cooking last night? And I thought, yeah, well, I, I, I got a, a fish extravaganza last night. I made like a seafood bouillabaisse, as they would call. You oh, know what I'm talking I about. That. So I did were. that last night. I'm, I'm smelling the result of it in the apartment at the moment, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so that, the, the jet washing thing, that's real. The jet washing thing, honestly, lads, I've just been... Look, we know the serious side of all of what's going on, but there is a light side, and it's just like, you know, what do you do? You know, you're just there in a, a patio to drive, and I went outside of, like, where my drive is. There's, like, a turning circle that three houses share, so I even did that. I even just got the jet washer and did that as well. So, so now, you've, now your house is a completely different colour to the one that started this. <laughs> no, 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 he's saying good citizen. He did everybody else's as well. Oh, well, that's good. Good lad. No, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's a team player. Uh, oh, he's always been a team are player. Are you keeping it? touch with the uh, with the chaps and if so how are you doing it and what are you asking of them yeah mainly the staff and um, the players there's not much to report you know what you're going to do i've had a, had a zoom call with them just to say hello really but you know there's not a lot to report it was uh you know just some uh, familiar faces see say hello um tell them you know we've got we've got some idea of plans so not dates obviously but we've got a plan so we were fortunate we we as a staff we felt this was going to go longer so therefore we um, told the players to have 10 days, two weeks of doing nothing, as you would at the end of a normal yeah. season. Because we said, look, we, we felt as a staff this was going to go longer. Because if you remember originally, they said two or three weeks and we might get back to everything. We were like, no, no, that's not going to happen. So we spoke with the club doctor. So we actually shut them down for 10 days, two weeks and said, do nothing apart from, you know, the government guidelines on your bike and stuff like that. So we've just started building it back up again now. So we sent out their GPS units and so now we can monitor what they're doing. And now they'll have a more serious kind of regime, if you like, building back up. And hopefully, when we get a date where we can get back in and, and get back going again. How long do you think it'll get, uh, or rather take, Sean, to get them back to the levels they were at when we finished? Well, I think it's slightly different because, the, you know, when, well, Andy will tell you, um, you know, when you go away in the summer, they'll have a few beers and a bit of that extra, you know, a burger and a relax and they'll be by the beach and all that. Well, they've not been doing that. No, but no. seriously, they've not been doing that. They've been, they've been in their houses. They've been with their families. Highly probable that they've been eating well. They've been ticking over anyway because you've got nothing else to, to really get your hands mm. dirty with. You know what it's like. You can, you know, joking about and jet washing. Now it's not the same feel good factor as when you're keeping fit and you're feeling well. So I think it's a different kind of break. So I don't think obvious sharpness is different, but I think their base fitness should still stay high. I think it's the real sharpness and that edge it takes to play with. So. Let's put it this way, if they asked us to cram a pre-season in, I think every club would go, yep, okay, you know, we, we all want it to continue, or I certainly do, so therefore I'd say, right, if we need to cram, you know, a, a quick fitness burst into maybe two and a half weeks or something to give them a, a jolt, yeah. then I'd be willing to do that, and I think my players would as well, I think they'd want to see out the season if we can. I agree with you, Sean, I've had this, talking to Richard about it, he thought it was, he, he's saying you can't in two and a half weeks, three weeks, get yourself fit again, and I was trying to say, it's different from exactly what you say different from the close season players going away and relaxing in the summer switching off totally 
This time, no, they've kept a general level of fitness, I feel, most clubs. And therefore, it should be quicker, should be easier for you guys to get them up to full speed quicker. Well, you know, sub exceptional times, exceptional measures. You know, if that's what we're going to do, as long as there's a period where the body can take the workload. But, you know, these are super fit, these lads now. You know, they are super fit. So I think there's sometimes a bit of drama around. You know, at Christmas, we always get that story of, oh, you know, they play. I just go, yeah, 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 they'll be fine. Don't worry about that. They'll be fine. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. There are some extenuating circumstances, obviously, Teams like Liverpool this year, Champions League last year, they're going into the season. Of course, we all get that. But generally, for teams like us, I think you should be able to deal with the workload. And usually, we, we do deal with the workload. Our stats, you know, show that. So, so yeah, I think if we can, if we can get into the pre-season and get back to it, we would. Um, I, I'd like to think most would agree with that, including the season. If we have to condense it down, then then that's the way it goes. One of the things that you, I, I was w- watching you as we were discussing it, you're on the other side of the fence now. As a player, I think you're in Andy's camp. You play on beyond June the 30th because you feel as though you owe the club that loyalty for however long is required, three or four weeks. As a manager, do you understand players saying, hold on, I'm out of contract. I'm not now playing beyond June the 30th. And is that why it's become a date that clubs believe we have to finish the season by come what may? I think everyone, let's face it, we're all searching for a defining moment, which at the minute is unlikely to be there. It's kind of drifting and we're all waiting for news, almost, well, certainly weekly, if not daily. We're all waiting for the shifts in the, the virus, the way the world's going to operate. So I'm not sure about this definite date, but I do understand the player side of things. But equally, it depends on every situation. There'll be players that have been at clubs for a long time and they'll feel them clubs have been very fair to them, You know, yeah. whether it's through their contracts or the way they've been treated. And they might think, well... Like I said, extenuating you know, circumstances. So therefore, we have to be more flexible. There'll be some who feel like, no, nope, that's not for me. You know, I've got to protect myself. I think it's a grey area. I don't think it's easy. I think if they could you know, extend that or there's a period of insurance or there's a period or a way of dealing with that, that might be beneficial. But I don't know. I think that's going to be... They, these are the complexities. So what people think... Uh, well, you, you guys know because you're, you're in it, so to speak, but... Everyone thinks we just restart and that's it. There's so many complexities. And Absolutely. by the way, if it doesn't restart, there's even more. I mean, there is a wave of complexities through contracts and bonuses and achievements and all sorts that open up. So I think, you know, there's so many different things that are going on behind just the fact of whether we can get playing again. There's so many different angles to it. It is a difficult one for all. I must say, you know, in this case, we all question the powers that be in these situations, the Premier League or the FA and etc. I think it's a real tough one, a real, real well, tough see, situation. You, you're right. Liverpool have their own unique problem. Their kick deal with New Balance runs out on June the 30th. So if Hasn't there been an agreement made, though? Well, if Had they, they won the title, they would be in the new, new no, kit. I don't think there has, Andy, uh-huh. no. And if I'm Nike and I'm, I'm sponsoring the new kit... I'd quite like the idea of them winning the title in my life. That's what I'm saying. So they have got a problem there that others might not have to face as well. So let's talk football. Well, let me ask you, you know, we've talked about players there, Sean, and what they are doing. What is is the coach doing? What are you doing? What's the manager doing? Are you still sitting there in daily conferences with your staff? Are you still talking about players you might be looking at ongoing? Or are you kind of half shutting down as well? K7 that I bought. You mean apart from the culture K7 that is like unbelievable at jet washing everything. Apart from that, I've been talking about. I've been talking about no recruitments. Look, the, the thing really is one element. It's it's achieving the achievables. There's certain things at the minute we can't achieve, but yeah. there are some things we can. 
So in-house, we've been looking at players, obviously through video analysis. Um, you know, we've been chatting through with the recruitment department. Uh, not so good on the finance, or not so easy with the finances, quite obviously at the minute, to know what's going to go out, you know, what's going to happen with, with our situation. We can control that, but we can't control everyone else. Um, but, you know, you said that whatever we think of it all, it will go forward. You know, the world will turn. We know what it's like. You know, we haven't seen anything as powerful as this, or I haven't in my life, but it will start again. It will return. Um, it might return differently. We're mm -hmm. trying to be as open-minded as we can of all the different things that might change. You know, the markets might shift. The, the recruitment side might shift. As you rightly said, contracts and things like that might change situations. What will be the governance of that? We don't know yet. So just really trying to be quite broad brush with it all and just keeping an eye on things and keeping up to speed with the news coming out. But equally, not going too far away from our general plan. Yeah. We're always looking to recruit because quite obviously we don't throw massive money around. So therefore, we're always on the back burner just seeing who's out there and what's available. And, you know, if we can find a hidden gem who's cheaper but can develop into a very good player. So that's an ongoing thing for us, really. Uh, another area that Andy and I have disagreed on, um, when, when you were toiling at the start of last season, my view was that, that Europa League... We were challenging ourselves, we weren't toiling, we were just challenging ourselves. Well, at, 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 <laughs> alright, when you were challenging yourselves at the start of last season, I said to Andy, clubs the size of Burnley, Stoke, who I know Tony Poulis got deep into your Europa League run and felt we, we, we need to get out of this. Is it possible for clubs of the size of those two to be successful in Europe and survive in the Premier League, if, if not just survive, flourish? I think it's difficult. You know, having been through it, I think um, the Premier League is so powerful. We know that. It's powerful not just from the, the kudos, but it's powerful financially, forgetting about the, the current situation, obviously. The, I mean, I think Wolves got a sticky patch at the beginning of the season. They've done great to come through it, but they yeah. have spent a lot of money. They have got... You know, they have invested in some very, very good players. Yeah. And I, I like the way they go about their business. They're going about it fantastically again this season. Um, they have invested and, and yet he does play the same players a lot. Yes, so he does expect a lot out of them players. And I think there is a bit of confusion comes with it. I think if we experienced it again, we'd be better prepared mentally for it. You know, the players as well. I think that, I don't know, they'd, they'd kind of accept the challenge of it. Um, the thing is that it's that, it's that trade-off. For us, it was the first time in 50-odd years that the club had been in Europe. I mean, it's amazing in that sense. But then the business side kicks in and yeah. you go, well, hang on a minute, what's the facts? And the facts are that most teams that go into that have a tough sort of run or a tough time. As you rightly said, teams of our size. So therefore, you've got to go, well, all right, but what is the real, the real big side of it? And that's just how powerful the business side of football's become. You know, it would have been 25, 30 years ago it would have been amazing that you get into Europe and that would have just been accepted and mm -hmm. the challenges that come with that would have been accepted. Whereas you get into Europe like we did, we had a really tough start to the season and all of a sudden you're getting battered about why aren't you doing better in the Premier League. You know, it's, <laughs> not it's by me, big man, not by me. I understand those <laughs> Thanks. problems. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Thanks. I know it'd be easy. I know it'd be easy. Sean, can I ask you this, Sean? What I want to ask you, because you are one of those coaches, we hear like modern day coach can only be at a club three, four years now because... Yeah, yeah, hearing the same voice day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out. What is the secret then? What's your secret to being at a club for what, eight years, Burnley now? Yeah, coming up eight. Coming, eight, up, coming eight, up eight years, Sean. You're going in every day. Do you ever feel there's a time, do you have to freshen them up to keep you going? Is that the secret? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had spells as a staff where we've looked at changing the, the way we train, the way we activate the players, all the details that go into it. But, 
generally speaking, I think if you've got a good coach and environment, and right. two, two words that sound easy, they're not easy to build them two things, but once you do get them built and people protect it, we, we believe in giving the players a lot of ownership. So if the players buy into it and they, they take responsibility for it, when you sign new players then, you get that bond immediately because it's almost like this unwritten code that is there that this is what we stand for and yeah. this is what we don't stand for. Yeah. And the players start taking that on. So I think it's like that thing. If you can get over a certain period at a club and you can manage it long enough, everyone starts to buy into that kind of that bloodline that runs through the, right. the club, if you like. You know, we've, we've somewhat got that. Um, it's always shifting, of course. It's got to be flexible. So we do think we are flexible as a staff. Um, we've got a hardcore of players who have served us very, very well, the likes of Ben Lee and people like that. We've lost a couple recently, Tom Heaton and Sam Vogt, and they're like, they're brilliant. But they've passed the baton on to new players. You know, new players have come in and been them figures. Ashley Barnes and Westwood and Corky yeah. and Tarkowski. You know, these are lads that have taken that on now. So I think if you... If you put in the right key core values they protect the environment and that gives you a chance to build for a longer period and keeps it relatively fresh um, and the other thing of course is when you've got a manager as funny as witty and as charming as me exactly. it's really easy for everyone yeah it's really easy for everyone <laughs> on that subject do you still run punishment friday and can you share with us the story why joey barton ended up in the river well, it's not punishment Friday. What it is, we, we, we found a way, uh, this is a long, a long time ago when I first went there. We were having a bit of a tough time when I first went there. Some people forget that I was getting a bit stick. And we found that after Christmas, the lads have a bit of a day out, night out, whatever. And after that, the fight, you know, it got a bit sloppy. So um, Mark Howard, who's our sports science, head of sports science, heard about these rumours in the rugby about spin, spin type situations where they had forfeits. So we thought, right, OK, we'll give it a go. <laughs> So we've got a spin wheel, put the numbers on it, put different forfeits on it. And instead of finding the lads, um, we, we brought in this spin. So therefore, there'd be loads of different things on this wheel. And we've changed it varying times now for eight years. And there'd be things like um, you got to lay in the river for a minute because uh, there's a river running down through the training ground. And, you know, things like um, like if you've got it, you spun Andy's number, you have to pay for his car to be cleaned. and. You know, there'd be all sorts. Some some were just fine. Some would be like 50 quid or whatever. And some would be silly stuff. Like we had an Elvis suit. You'd have to dress up as Elvis and sing to the lads. And just uh, and what we found was, to be honest, as long as you get buy-in with this, that is that it strips the ego down a bit. So what you find is you realise people are laughing with you, not mm. at you. Mm. And then you get this combined effort where everyone goes, you know what, fair enough. And we had Michael Duffy, won't mind telling you, we had him do keep you up, right? You had a keep you up challenge, and if you dropped the ball, you had to get to 50. And if you dropped it beyond, below 50, every time you dropped it, sorry, every every one you should have kept it up for was like a fiver. <laughs> First one dropped it on his foot and shinned it. Ah, oh, the lads were crying. The lads were crying. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. Literally dropped it, shinned it, and went about five yards back. The lads were rolling like that. So just silly stuff. The best one, I'm not going to tell you, the best one I've seen was we had a lap dance. One of the players had to do a lap dance on another player. It is the best thing I've ever seen. It was the funniest thing. I was crying with laughter. Absolutely crying with laughter. And, and just, just, that is the best one we've had. Can you tell us how Joey ended up in the river? He had to lie there for a minute, did he? I mean, yeah, Joey, Joey did a couple of Joey things. and uh, not, not, not nasty stuff, just mad stuff. Because when he first came in, he found it all a bit weird that we were on him for everything. The lads were getting in for everything. Yeah, brilliant. Stuff, little stuff leaving your tops around and you know just little things and he, he was sort of like 
sort of fighting it a little bit like it does. <laughs> so one day he got put in the river. I can't remember what he'd done. He spun the wheel and he got put in the river. But he did it. To his credit, he went, right, okay. I mean, we used to have small-sided games. We'd have a forfeit on every single competitive part of training. We still do that. And we'd have, like, skinny penalties and all sorts. And one day, it was the whole team had to get in the river. So the whole of the, like, 9v9, the whole nine had to get in the river. So, you know, it builds a bit of mentality. It builds a bit of togetherness. Some people call it old-fashioned. Old-fashioned, I'm not bothered, as you know. Um, You know, that's the way it goes. It's part of of the combined fabric of what we've built at Burnley. Mm. People still... The lads still enjoy it. They still have fun with it. You know, it, it, it depends. I, I don't know why it should be described as old-fashioned. I'm chuckling here. Yeah, me too. Uh, if if it if it br- if it brings about that kind of camaraderie, what's old-fashioned about Nothing that? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. More well, than one. I've always said, Sean. I, I think you believe. Go on, go on, I've always said that the, the beauty for me of the sport we love so much, the one we played and the one we, we we still love, is that there is no right way to play football. There's various ways to play football, and that's what makes it the, the sport it is. The way you like to see it played is not the same as maybe the way I would like to see it played or the way somebody else. But it doesn't mean one's right and what's wrong, one's wrong. Is that a fair uh, assessment of what it should be? No, we do get a little bit of question marks about styles and brands and all that. But, but at the end of the day, Andy, you know yourself, you, yeah. to form a team yes. that can be competitive in the Premier League, just to do that is difficult. So they form a team with a pretty low level of finance but still some very good players, in my opinion. Then to form it in a way that you can have 500 passes a game, yeah. then to form it in a way you can pass it 15 times just across your six-yard line and still score at the other end. <laughs> to deliver all of that at once and stay in the Premier League year on year yeah. is a very, very stern challenge, trust me. Oh, I bet you. So we a way of, first of all, being competitive and, secondly, winning enough. The game is about winning. You've yeah. got to win enough. And for me, if all football changes to where everyone plays the same way I just think it won't be as exciting don't, I just think it'll don't be, Sean, it'll be. Method Sean. Bound. it could end up being slow method bound, non-physical non-productive and just a bit kind of wishy-washy, you know, where people are just waiting for a moment of magic whereas I think if you can keep a feel to it and our, our performances I think do bring a feel, they bring a reaction from a crowd yes. you know, good, bad or indifferent but they do bring a reaction and I still think that's part of football. Sean, and I think do not change. I, Whatever well, else, do not change, please. No. We need, as Andy said, we need these various different ways. And it's a joy to watch. It's, it's, uh, it's a way we mm. grow up. Uh, listen, uh, uh, as I will say, can't thank you enough. Um, what, do, you, do you know what's on the menu tonight? What are you cooking? I don't know tonight, actually. I, I normally look in the fridge and see what's there and then start rustling something up. Oh. But it might be something simple tonight because it was quite a... Quite a you know a bit, a bit of chefery going on last night. Whereas tonight might be homemade burgers or something like that. It's a lovely day, beautiful day. I think it's going to be twenty odd degrees, so it might be just a simple barbecue. For me, Sean, don't worry. Chicken stir fry for me tonight, so I'm okay tonight. Is that means the flat will be smelling again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Big man, thank you. Thanks, really, Sean. really good to spend time with you. Nice, thanks, thanks, Sean. <laughs> Sean Dyche, manager, Burnley, Great. top class, and well done, Joey. You, you can imagine yes. turning up there feeling a little bit different to everybody else. It it was Jack the Lider, soon having that ego break. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, that's it. Um, we will be back here tomorrow. Uh, we're on Be In Sports five days a week at the very same time you found us today. YouTube for our international viewers and we'll leave you with the very same message that everybody else is delivering. Just be safe. Stay in with Be In in our part of the world. But stay safe, please. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>